Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for listening to this show today. I have a very different topic today. We are talking about education with a very amazing guest, a Trestock speaker from Brazil. It's Gustavo Heiss. He is a mathematics teacher, entrepreneur, and speaker. In his studies and presentations, he explores the intersection of education, design, technology, and communications. His talk at TEDx Unisinos 2012 is one of the most watched of all TEDx talks that were held in Latin America, adding up to more than one quarter million views. Hello, Gustavo. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for having me here. And thanks for the kind words. <laughs> It's great. Uh, it's a pleasure having you here. Could you start telling us a bit more about yourself and what you have been doing lately? Sure. Why not? Uh... Uh, I have, uh, I, I am a teacher, Oscar. I, I, I've been working as a teacher for most of the past 25 years. When I started, I started really young when I was 16. Mm -hmm. uh, in, I, I spent most, as I mentioned, most of the time, except for five years uh, when I worked in the U.S. Uh, in the technology industry. But uh, we are talking about maybe 20 years at this point. Uh, working as a teacher. I have a math school here in Porto Alegre, Brazil, mm -hmm. which is the city where I was born and where I live. We, we've been uh, working with uh, students teaching math here at the school since 2000, 2008. It's been eight years. This is the eighth year, actually. And we primarily do uh, preparation for university admission exams And for the national high school exam we have in Brazil, we also provide support for people who uh, enrolled in engineering schools, for example, and, and uh, want to improve their skills in calculus and linear algebra, differential equations, and all these math subjects uh, that people have when they're early in their courses uh, in engineering and similar schools. And we also offer private tutoring. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, I started uh, teaching, uh, actually in, in February of 2015, I started teaching at Unicinos, which is the same university where uh, I took my master's degree in design and also the university that puts together the, the TEDx event, TEDx Unicinos, that uh, triggered my, uh, my speaking career. So in a nutshell, this is what I've been focusing on here for the past eight years. Also, a lot about uh, mathematics teaching. And could you tell us, since when you consider you became a speaker? Oh, definitely. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to speak a, a good number of times uh, while I was teaching at a specialized prep school before I opened my own uh, here in Brazil. Mm -hmm. I, uh, but actually, I, I used to speak regularly in schools. I used to speak to young people about career choices and about, you know, details uh, regarding the university admission exams that they would be taking uh, within one or two years. 
but I, I have to say that uh, the speaking career itself and, and uh, I mean, translated into invitations to speak on a regular basis started in 2012, in late 2012, when I had the opportunity to talk at the TEDx Unicinos event. Uh, ever since the the, the talk uh, hit YouTube on, in January 2013, it's been it's been amazing. I mean, I've I've been I've been talking uh, regularly in in events in universities and schools and companies and uh, uh, and the the talk itself is now uh, is probably reaching within the next one to two months is probably reaching three hundred thousand views on YouTube from all over the world. So uh, it's amazing the reach. Uh, that you can have not only with YouTube, but also actually being associated with such a strong brand as, if you will, uh, uh, such as TED or, or, or TEDx. And, and I, my attribution is that if, if there were no TEDx event in my recent past career, I would probably not be considering myself a public speaker today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is uh, excellent talk what you had there. I I watched it there and a couple of times already. It's in it's in Portuguese, but I, there are some the the English subtitles, so exactly I, I could really see how great it was. But now in it's like almost three years later, right? In retrospective, could you tell us what you think were the, the main reasons of the success of of this TEDx talk? Uh, title was Seja um fracasado. Right? Could you explain us? Exactly. Yes. Seja um fracassado is it translates into something like be a loser, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, and I think that what resonated most regarding this talk was probably uh, the fact that uh, it, it, I, I tried to talk about a, a panorama, uh, uh, you know, and an overall view of what being a teacher means. Uh, rather than focusing on data, rather than focusing on, uh, I would say, um, um, issues related to uh, to the, the the profession itself, uh, and I tried to make sure that uh, I, I was giving this overall view focused on meaning, as I mentioned, uh, at the same time uh, as I shared. A personal experience uh, based on based on a specific choice. Uh, most of the times in Brazil, in and it's very unfortunate that it happens this way. But most of the times in Brazil, people don't choose to be a teacher. Mm. People eventually become teachers because they don't have other options, or because they think they are not skilled enough to try to pursue a different career, a, a say, a, you know, to become a, a doctor, to become a lawyer, or maybe to become an engineer. And I think that for most people who watched uh, the TEDx talk, uh, there was a clear message that it is possible, although you'll probably continue to be perceived as, as, a, as a loser or as someone who failed by many people, but it's possible uh, even if you have the skill set to be something else, even if you have the skills to, you know, become a doctor, a lawyer, a, a, an engineer, or, or whichever career path you choose, uh, it is possible to become a fairly successful teacher uh, and really enjoy your work. Uh, 
I have I have been getting ever since a lot of feedback from teachers and for, from pe- teachers who were on the edge. You know, it's they were like at at the Y intersection of their lives, uh, thinking if if it would be wise, if it would be a good idea to to continue to be a teacher or to try to do something else. And many people write me to thank me and and say that and and this is probably the the highlight of of the the you know the issues that were related to the talk. Uh, but people write me to thank me for uh, for you know uh, turning on the light and and for uh, and for giving them reasons based on meaning uh, on the meaning of what it is to be a teacher and 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 what we feel when we are uh, exercising our our profession. Uh, a reason for them to to focus and and to give it a try, uh, or maybe at least one more shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we we really need and it's it's I, I I understand it's not only a Brazilian issue, but we really need teachers, teachers uh, especially primary school teachers. Uh, they are they you know they are on the verge of extinction here in Brazil, <laughs> yeah, because we can't replace them. People are retiring, and we don't have enough people. To teach kids, especially, so so probably that's that's one of the things that I would point out uh, as as a primary reason for the for the success of of the talk. Sure, it was very personal. The talk, as you said, and I think also courageous that you you about you talk and what you actually did in 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 your in your career because you were working in the U.S. and you came back to Brazil. To work as a teacher was that your vocation, and that's how uh, you have touched other other teachers that had a vocation that, but they have this um, this hesitation, no? Like you said, continue or not to continue. Exactly. And, and do you, do you think that there was anything else on your talk? Some special techniques that you have used, or is mostly the, the message? Well, Oscar, I I actually read a lot uh, because I wanted to make sure. Uh, that the talk was not uh, sort of a you know stand-up improv talk or or something like that. Uh, although in many occasions in 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 my uh, daily uh, routines uh, we we improvise a lot we as teachers mm. because sure. we have to react to to what the students are are uh, sending us. So I, the one lesson that I really learned from this specific occasion was the power of rehearsing. I rehearsed tremendously for this talk. I spent probably two months rehearsing every single day, uh, many times a day, until I got to the point uh, where I just didn't have to look at the slides. <laughs> I knew from the clicker uh, what was on the screen, and, and that you know gave me... Uh, a lot of uh, confidence, and I think that you know people can tell from from the the video that that it looked it really looked like I was uh, it really looked like I was uh, really I would say calm and and easygoing, and it looks spontaneous, mm-hmm. if you will, but it has nothing spontaneous going on. Uh, because, uh, you know, I just rehearsed too many times. And one of the things I read while I was getting ready, and I read a, a, a number of books on the subject, 
uh, of you know specific presentations, one of the things I read was exactly this: that the more you rehearse, the more spontaneous it's going to look. And as a teacher, I had reasons not to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing because the more, in fact, the more I rehearsed, uh, the, the better it got. And then the, the closer I got to, you know, finishing in 15 minutes, that, that was the goal. Uh, and, and, and to make sure that it would be a good experience for me in terms of, you know, emotional control uh, and, and also for the people in the audience. Uh, and, and fortunately, this proved definitely uh, uh, a, a wise thing to do. So if I, I, I wouldn't talk about techniques because I've seen many, many, and I'm, I'm sure you, you, you did more than I did. But I've, I've watched many, many uh, presentations over the past uh, three years, and, and, and people have different styles. So it, there's no rule of thumb for, for presentations or for, you know, speaking techniques. But the one rule that I, I definitely would like to share uh, with your audience is to rehearse. <laughs> rehearse as much as you can. Don't, don't, don't trust, uh, you know, being spontaneous uh, and using improvisation at the same time. Mm. Sure. It's, uh, I absolutely agree. And, and that's true. You look very, very calm in, in the... In the talk, and wow, you did you did really good uh, decision to rehearse two months, really. Wow, excellent! Oh, thank well, you very much. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, wow, I can imagine. But you, now you see the fruits of that of that work. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, Oscar, I, mm -hmm. I should point out uh, probably uh, as, as something else on, on right next to rehearsing is basically. Uh, having uh, uh, the perception or uh, or having the understanding of the size of the opportunity you have. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are many, many TEDx events all over the world. There are probably three or four happening today. Mm. Uh, but having the opportunity for a TEDx talk is something that people should consider should consider really, really carefully and should, uh, above all, should value a lot. Because, you know, many, many blockbuster uh, TED speakers, uh, they started on TEDx events. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, you know, they have best-selling books and they have a full, a fully booked agenda. And, and it, it doesn't happen, uh, you know, out of the blue. It happens for a reason. It happens because people take it seriously. So I think that's, that's the one thing that we should point out. Rehearse a lot. And make sure that, you know, you, you take this opportunity as something that can change your professional course. Yeah, absolutely. And also have a big impact, of course, in the, how many people have already watched your TED talk and you have touched already those, those people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Gustavo, you already explained a bit this, this uh, TED talk. And could you tell us now, after all, almost three years, how things have changed in the, in the perception of a teacher, at least in Brazil, what have you, have you seen? I don't think they changed too much, Oscar. I think it's probably going to be a generational issue. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as we see today, for example, a lot of people uh, concerned about behavioral issues and, and uh, environmental issues, you know, uh, and, and talking about prejudice in a very open uh, fashion. Uh, I think that uh, 
rebuilding respect for the teaching profession is something that will take a, a long time. Mm. We are we are probably talking maybe 20 years. We are talking about, you know, another generation of young people uh, who can be taught to perceive uh, the profession as something really, really important. Uh, and, and the people who, uh, who choose this career path as people who deserve respect, which is, which is probably what we lost over the past few years, not only because of salary issues, but because of, you know, uh, uh, I would say, uh, work conditions, uh, and investments, governmental investments in education and so forth. So uh, I just perceive my my talk as you know a single effort. It's it's good to you know to be to be responsible for something that make people think. Mm -hmm. But I think that in order to in order to see a a, a full blown uh, change regarding this matter, uh, it's going to take you know maybe more time and maybe another TEDx talk in in. 20 years from now or something, <laughs> you know, mm. just to, to look back and, and say, hey, you know, here's where we were in 2012 and now here's where mm. we are. Uh, but I don't, you know, it's, it's not something that, it's not like pulling a trigger, unfortunately, and, and make people think differently. We see it all over the place, you know, and, and, and not only in, in, in the way people relate to educational issues, but also in in other things that have a more profound i would say in and immediate impact in our lives such as all the environmental issues that i mentioned before mm -hmm. sure and in general what are the main challenges that education has today i my my impression is that the main challenge is a, a communication and behavior uh, challenge uh these students they have tools uh, they have tools that are available to them that were not available to the teachers uh mm -hmm. and it's really hard for teachers to realize uh that when they get uh, to class and they face the students there's a big chance that some of the students might already know what the mm -hmm. teacher is about to talk uh and and they you know it, at a certain point in time Uh, most of the teachers who would argue that would be lying. <laughs> you know, maybe 30 years ago, they would say, ah, I know this already just, you know, as a license not to pay attention. And mm -hmm. right now, you know, it's, it's, it, it happens every time more often. Uh, people are being scrutinized as they teach because uh, the, the students, they have, uh, all, they have different uh, sources and they have... Uh, they have parallels that they draw uh, every day, comparing the teachers they have in live classes with the teachers they have access to on the internet. Uh, and that makes things really difficult because that requires teachers to rethink what their true uh, value is. And the value is not uh, as related to how much they know Uh, as it used to be when mm -hmm. people didn't have references, but is more related to what they can do for the students to understand what is valuable and what is not as they learn. Uh, so I think that 
Uh, aside to the attention issues that are really, really bad, I mean, people tend not to pay attention in things for more than, you know, five to ten minutes or something. And if you, if you, if you realize that teachers, they will face students at least 40 minutes a day, it, you know, we have a problem right there. Uh, but also these parallel issues that and and this huge library of uh, you know good classes that students have access to uh, makes it a, a permanent challenge for teachers to make themselves or uh, to look to look good and to make their classes attractive so probably this would be the the primary challenge you know to to make sure that students perceive uh, regular teaching at activities as still uh, useful activities uh, in their in their horizon of learning. Sure, it's very very interesting what you are saying because, for instance, um, I think when you are already in a university, you can pick your your books or even a lot of online information and um, even courses. And you can just skip the lectures or something like that. But when you are at school, primary school, as you say, you really need the teachers. No, that's something you you already said at first. Right. How um, this is one the way that I was thinking to, um, that technology is, is somehow helping in for education, but uh, somehow it's also sabotaging education. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, recently, as I was doing my final research for the master's degree, we did a focal group. And one of the participants of the focal group used exactly the same verb uh, to sabotage, mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to make reference to, <laughs> to the fact that in his university, uh, they had decided to allow students to access the internet uh, over Wi-Fi. In each in in each of the classrooms, uh, and and his interpretation of the you know the university sabotaging the teacher was really amazing because I was thinking to myself, hey, if the university doesn't allow the students to access over Wi-Fi, they will access over three G, <laughs> but but they will access the internet regardless of what we do. I mean, you know, we can't put the same you know cellular phone blockers they put in prisons. Uh, in the university, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yes, I mean, people perceive uh, the, the insertion of technology as a way of sabotaging the teacher, especially. Uh, but I tend not to believe that. I, I, my, I, I try to lean towards an approach that requires the teacher to adapt. And that's one of the difficult things that I've been I've been seeing, especially in the opportunities that I I've been having to speak to teachers. Now, teachers are very resistant, and not only that, Oscar. Uh, teachers tend to perceive their rate of success uh, based on the number of, of uh, based on the number of opportunities they have to repeat. You know, so if you have the opportunity to repeat a class 20 times in the same week, then you're a very successful teacher because you're having many opportunities to teach. And I would be really happy if I taught 20 lessons in a week and they were all different from each other. 
you know, and, and if, if these students watched videos on the internet and they could be my videos, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, my videos discussing theory. And then we would get together on a weekly basis just to go through what they, what they learned and what they, what they absorbed from the, video they, the videos they watched. You know, uh, but this requires a change of perception of the of the skill set and of the I mean, I of the of the job itself of what it is to be a teacher, because more and more I perceive teachers as as mentors, less teachers in in a sense of you know they have they are the reference for mm-hmm. for the subject and and for the subject matters, and more as people who care about people and who sit next to their students and try to understand what the specific issues are. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent, um, excellent point that you mentioned that the teacher become a mentors. That's yeah, that's true because they are not the first um, and the ultimate way to, for reference, right? To find the, the information. The information is much more easily available even without the teacher. Exactly. And, and for many teachers, Oscar, uh, being considered a mentor is like stepping back in their careers, you know, uh, because usually when you start as a teacher, you start with private tutoring. You start teaching students on a one to one basis, mm-hmm. you know, like helping them out with the questions they might have regarding mm-hmm. the subject yes. matters that were discussed by the teacher. So for teachers to perceive this as an evolution of their careers mm-hmm. instead of, you know, a step back is, is really hard because of the resistance the, the resistance that, that I mentioned to you before. So so this is this is a real challenge. And I think technology can help, but it requires teachers to think again and, and to to reinvent themselves as, as teachers. Yes, big, big challenges, definitely. And besides the, the challenges we are just discussing, do you see a bright future in education? Oh, I do. I, I'm very optimistic regarding the internet, Oscar. Very optimistic. I mean, the opportunity we have today to put good teachers, to put skilled teachers in front of people who would never, ever have access to them because of geographic, because of location issues, and because also, of course, because of, you know, financial uh, issues, economic issues, is just amazing. I mean, here in Brazil, we have, we in, in my school, we have a, uh, an online initiative, uh, recent, uh, in fact, for the past two months. And we have enrolled approximately 200 students. And many of these students, they belong to categories that would definitely not be students in my in my brick and mortar school mm-hmm. uh, because of two things primarily first because they are too old for that or at least they consider themselves too old so i have uh, most of the students that come to my school they are between say 17 and 20 years old and for someone who's 45 it's not very uh, it's it's it it might be embarrassing if you will or you know uncomfortable to say the least to be in a class with a lot of you know 18 year old classmates so these people they have an opportunity considering the mm-hmm. internet to have to have education from you know proven techniques and tested and 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 uh, procedures uh over the internet uh 
uh, and not only that, also have the opportunity uh, to be part of a group uh, without all the immediate uh, uh, evaluations, or if you will, or uh, the immediate scrutiny that mm -hmm. they would be submitted to in a regular uh, environment. Uh, and also because of geography. I mean, we have many students that come from cities that have, say, 10,000 people or 20,000 people. They're really far away from the big urban centers in Brazil and that would have to spend a lot of money to have something similar available to them uh, in the traditional way. So I, I really think that this uh, the the advent of the internet and of public libraries of content uh and the availability of of really uh, well uh, built online courses uh can give these people an opportunity uh, that they would never ever have if these uh tools were not available okay gustavo great to hear that we have a bright future in education gustavo could you now share with us your favorite quotation? Uh, of course, I, I have a number of quotations, but the one I think the most, Oscar, actually there are two, right? One that I, I talk to my students every every time because, you know, it's, it's a long way to, uh, it, of course, it's not a long way for, for someone who's 40 years old as I do because I think a year, a year is just nothing. But for them, uh, focusing for a full year on something is really is 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 really a long time. At least they perceive it when they are seventeen. <laughs> you know that a year is a long time. So I I always tell them that everything that is good requires requires a lot of work. Every single thing that is good. I mean, it's really easy. If it's easy, it's probably not good, mm -hmm. not useful. You know, and not valuable. And the other thing that I do say to them a lot. Is, is that it usually takes a, a many years of work to become an overnight success because they tend to believe that, you know, someday they will go viral. <laughs> <laughs> someday, you know, I'm going to hit it big and it's going to happen overnight. But usually when people, you know, make a big success in a short period of time, they have worked for many, many years prior to that yeah. in silence. So this is probably the one, the one I like the most. Yeah, absolutely. Great quotations. <laughs> Could you now recommend us uh, one book that has inspired you and you think is a very good and beneficial read for us? Sure. Why not? Uh, I, what, a book that has impacted me recently is called Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain. It was written by a neuroscientist called David Eagleman. Uh, and basically, uh, the author discusses issues related to high, uh, how we behave and why we behave the way we do uh, from messages that uh, our brain uh, basically controls, but we are not aware of. And, and, and reading this book was really good, especially considering my teaching activities and trying to understand why the students talk to me so much without saying a word <laughs> if you if you know what i mean you know body language mm -hmm. and 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 all these these silent messages that they send me uh actually there was a book as well from an author called albert merabian a researcher an american researcher which is called silent messages as well 
and that I read for my masters uh, recently. So uh, that was that was a really good one as well. Although it's more formal, it's more on the scientific side. But uh, I would say that these books they complement each other in a in a really interesting fashion. So it's good for in, uh, for instance to read your audience. Yeah, sure, mm -hmm. and, and not only for teaching, for you know, for public mm -hmm. for public speaking as well. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, yeah, that was thinking. Oh, okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. Gustavo, could you finally tell us one exercise, something practical that you recommend us doing daily or weekly? As a routine to shine. Uh, I have mentioned it already, Oscar, but it's never too much. Mm -hmm. Rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> rehearse daily. Rehearse weekly. I wouldn't say weekly, Oscar. I would say daily. If you have an important uh, speaking mm -hmm. engagement coming up, if it's in your horizon, please do rehearse. Uh, it's, it's going to be more spontaneous, the more you rehearse, and uh, although it looks like a contradiction, mm. it is definitely true, and I can prove it. Just give me 15 minutes and watch my TEDx talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you with rehearsing as, yeah. as, as much as you can. You are actually, uh, you have proved that, your, your TEDx talk has proved that, because rehearsing in the arts, some people disagree on this, don't they? If you rehearse, you become... Um, unnatural these kind of things but uh, i'm i'm on your opinion for this and i i believe that yeah rehearsing is yeah as da daily as you said <laughs> exactly exactly it's it, and it's it, it happens like this in in virtually all the other uh occupations in the world if you think oscar i mean a, a doctor becomes better a surgeon becomes better the more you know he does surgeries uh, a, a teacher becomes better the more he teaches. Uh, the engineer becomes better in building bridges the more he builds bridges. It, it's, it's just like that. Uh, so rehearsing is key in, in every other aspect of our lives, in virtually every other aspect of our lives. And wh why wouldn't it be a good thing to do in public speaking? I think it's, I, I truly think it's mandatory. I mean, if I had a, a public speaking school, I, I have a math <laughs> school for now, you know, maybe in the future. But if, if I had a public speaking school, I would I would put that on the wall. Rehearse, <laughs> rehearse every single day. Don't be lazy. Don't you know? Don't 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 believe in your in your talent. Mm -hmm. Rehearse. It's good. if you're talented, great. It's better. But rehearse. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, Gustavo, for this fantastic interview with you, uh, bringing all these uh, ideas about education and, and about public speaking, your experience with this fantastic TEDx talk. Thanks a lot. And could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you or follow you? What is the best way? Sure. Uh, uh, the, the best thing is probably uh, putting my name on Google. Uh, my name is Gustavo, uh, Reese, Reese, you would say R E I S as in Sam. Uh, and if you, if you search for my name on Google, you'll probably find, uh, first of all, my TEDx talk, and then you'll find my personal website, which is www.gustavoreese.com.br as in Brazil. Uh, and then if you get to my website at the top bar, there's an English version available. Uh, there's a PT slash EN uh, icon at the very top 
and you can click on the en and you'll find my the, the english version of my website and that's probably the easiest way oscar mm-hmm. uh, there's a contact uh, item on on at the top menu and people can click on contact and and you know reach me instantly uh there are no intermediates uh you, you, <laughs> you know i i get all the email messages that come from the website myself uh but thank you after the interview was was awesome i i i, I had the impression that it would be and it just confirmed my previous impression uh, and i just wanted to congratulate you for the work you do as well i i i've been visiting the blog and i've been listening to a few of your podcasts and i think that you know you were a teacher basically i'm talking to a colleague so <laughs> it's a it's a really it's a really nice thing that you've what you've been doing for the community of public speakers so i congratulate you for that thanks a lot gustavo for your kind words and yeah i also admire your your work and thanks a lot i wish you all the best Thank you very much for the opportunity, Oscar. Nice to talk to you. What a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.